Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. I'm going full on fame this week. I feel like you've graduated. I pronounce you famous. I don't really know what famous is, but I'm going to pronounce you famous. Mm. <laughs> if the queen can it. just knight whoever she wants on on our podcast, I can decide who's famous. And it's you this week. And we are very excited because we are nearing the end of season one of Legend of Korra, book one, pardon me, book one air. This is the penultimate episode, which is a word I like to use sometimes. It's called Skeletons in the Closet, and it is a very, well, I don't want to spoil anything. It's a very interesting episode. But before we get to any kind of review, Chris, how are you doing? Uh, Random. I feel like I've never used the word penult. <laughs> you could be delivering a comedy bit right now where you say I've never used this word and then <laughs> that's beautiful until like a wait say it Sean penultimate so ultimate Penult- with a pen in front of it penultimate okay uh, so if there ultimate is like the last or the end and the pen is just apparently pen means before Hell, I don't know anyway. <laughs> it's weird uh, I've never used that word clearly ever before just now. Uh, but I never really thought of that word until Game of Thrones because the Game of Thrones uh, penultimate episodes were always like the best ones that really uh, hit home that season. And then the last episode of each season was just kind of a wrap up. Yeah, they had to like tie up some of these ends and stuff in the last one. I actually learned the word from Spanish class because, you know, the little accents got to put over certain letters. Uh, sometimes is determined by the penultimate syllable. And for some reason, that's the only part of Spanish I remember. Everything else gone, but I know what a penultimate syllable is. And it's not helped me a day since. <laughs> Every time I've spoken with the with the wonderful Spanish-speaking family across the street, they have never once asked me, like, hey, you I know was, where this accent goes? I was going to say, and just, just for people, Sean speaks Spanish fairly well. It's not It's not that he doesn't... <laughs> so it's that useless. It's right, right. And I, I would say uh, I'll give myself like a five out of 10, maybe a six out of 10 on the Spanish speaking scale. And I still don't need to know what a penultimate syllable is. I just remember where the accents go with the few words that I use. That's all I got. But hey, that's your oh, um, linguistic oh, lesson. Today. Uh, this will probably be the last podcast done uh, in, in this basement. And so, um, you know, Pour one out for for this basement. There'll be a new home soon. Pour one. Probably. Pour one out makes more sense for you. Uh, What's up? Next time recording, I'll probably have up a lot of my stuff. I'll have probably a little bit of a new layout. So that's uh, exciting. But this this is the last podcast being recorded here. A lot of lot of good. I think that the the next time we record would potentially be like a Christmas episode too. Uh, they don't really celebrate Christmas in Avatar: The Last Airbender, but we'll uh, we'll, they don't. we'll tie something in. They do it Jesus in the Dragon Christ Prince. Is there a Christmas episode? I don't think. Yeah, there's there's is. no like I feel like a lot of times in in shows like they'll have like a a stand in a parallel um, kind of holiday. Deal. Yeah, like oh, this is gift day. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll go back and we will review uh, Avatar Day. It's like the anti-Christmas. We'll go back and we'll look at that one. There's murder. Everybody hates the people they're celebrating. It's it's weird, but we'll it, we'll flip it on its head. It got better at the end. 
Um, yeah, I think we'll do our first episode in your new home. Might potentially be some kind of Christmas something or other that we'll think about when the time goes. Or we'll just do what we usually do, which is forget that it's related to a holiday in the episode. And then in the text, we'll put like, Merry Christmas and call it a day. That's possible. Uh, well, I'll miss your old house and your old shelves, but I'm presuming that in your new house, there'll be more room for more shelves. And that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to, I, I may try just to keep, just to keep myself from spending more money. And I found out that, uh, in my experience, that every time I think like, oh, I have no more room, I just somehow make more room. That's a gift. In, in the, yeah. That's a God-given talent you have. Don't you, don't Which, you throw in my away? basement. In my basement, there's a fireplace. So now, and there's a little shelf on the fireplace. I'm already thinking I'm going to put all the Batmans there, which opens up a whole new more space on the shelf. Are you concerned that your Batmans will get smoky colored, like like the old video game consoles that would be in like smokers' houses? And they always get like a yellowy. Are you worried? I don't know what fire. I've, oh, I have not used a fireplace. That's before. why those were yellow. I, I don't oh, yeah. know that for a fact. I just know that it seems like white video game cases and things. Uh, the Nintendo Wii feels like you can... I, I don't want to accuse smokers. I'm sorry. If you smoke, that's not my intention. Uh, but but I just think no, of the Batman. You smoke. Either. Stop smoking. I, we people, want you I, to stop I, I don't smoking. Myself a judger, I don't consider myself that I judge people too harshly, but I judge the crap out of people who smoke. We <laughs> want you to stop smoking because we care. But... Uh, Especially I just, when I don't like, know if there's... when I'm walking past, I'm smoking. I am obnoxious with my <laughs> one thing because I really want to do that because I hate <laughs> I hate the smell of smoke. <laughs> That's it's amazing to me that you are like the least judgmental and least outspoken person I know. So it's funny to picture you just walking by a complete stranger in public, just coughing in their face. Especially during COVID times, like you pull your mask down just to cough on them. <laughs> That's your form of judging. Now, uh, <laughs> we we judge because we care. Uh, now, I, it's worth thinking about. I don't. I'm not familiar with fireplaces. I've never like used a fireplace. But if there's any kind of residuals that get out and on, they might. I will. Honestly, I don't know. Batman's probably never used the fireplace. Maybe it, maybe at most once uh, a if, year or two. If Batman is clad in black, maybe it won't affect his his color scheme. I don't know. Interesting though that the fireplace that you could have Batman on the mantle. That's kind of fun. Feels right. Feels yeah. right. Well, we look forward to to that episode and getting into your new house, just because that means that life will be slightly less crazy. And all that note. Also, if we have to have any kind of like weird filler episodes over the holidays, just to to fill the gaps, it is more important to me personally to to put something out every single week, um, even if it's not regular. I just I like that kind of accountability, I guess. Uh, I know when I listen to podcasts, I get sad when they skip a week, for even for legitimate reasons. They'll be like, I died, and my wife got remarried to somebody else. And I'll be like, you could have put something. Could have put something out. Could have done anything. You know, just let me know. So, yeah, we'll, we will find a way to get something up every week, if if possible, through the holidays. So that's my spiel. Any, any last news before we jump into this episode? Uh... A few things. I found out that there's a Katara statue coming out soon. It's made by Diamond Select. So that'd be cool. Is um, Diamond Select oh, the one recently... that made the Aang, the, uh, Aang statue? The uh, Aang yeah, they made one of, of the ones. I thought that's, I thought that's, oh, no, they did not make that one. I don't know who made that one, but that's a great statue. Um, Diamond Select makes like $50 PVC statues. 
and I love them. I buy a lot of them. Um, this guitar one looks okay. I'll probably buy it. Honestly. It's, it's um, okay but... enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay enough. Uh, sometime if we ever find, I have a friend who has a, who has a fairly high end 3d printer and I never have any ideas. Like he's always excited about it and I don't know what to use it for, but if we find a 3d model <laughs> of a small statue, I just, I want one and print it and be like, my friend made this for me. Cause my other friend suggested it. And there it is. <laughs> he's, he's always amped up about it and I don't really know what it's like it prints in 3d. That's very exciting. I don't know what to do with that, but Maybe a small statue someday. I think it's a PVC like material. It's got the same. It comes in yeah, like I a. Think so. It comes in like a roll. Like it's like a roll of, almost looks like a sh- reel of string, and then it's. I, I guess it's melted or heated up and then printed or something or other. I, no idea. Not that techy. Looks cool though. I might have interrupted your news. Nope, that's it. Diamond Select. I hear that. I hear good things from Chris specifically, <laughs> from the person I talked to about statues. In that case, let's go ahead and jump into the episode because it is a pretty exciting one. I think there'll be a lot to talk about. It's called Skeletons in the Closet. So whenever you are ready to take us through, I am ready. All right. So we're in like a full-on war now in Republic City. The Equalists are in control. Cora has sort of run away <laughs> from Amon. Um, it's interesting because over the loudspeaker, you hear Hiroshi Sato tell him how the avatars run away, um, stuff like that. Cora's uh, spent a little bit more time with Mako, uh, which Asami takes note <laughs> of it, which verbally, this, yeah, verbally. <laughs> you two been gone for a while, We're doing reconnaissance. <laughs> Just picturing my wife. Like, it's like, hey, you've been hanging out with this person doing reconnaissance. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's okay. Surfing They're not married. They're, they're young people. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was interesting because at this point, I, I really thought that Asami was sort of about to turn because, I mean, she's she hasn't been given uh, just just her looks and everything. From from this episode, past episodes, I feel like oh maybe she's going to turn, which I started to think like maybe that'd be interesting if she did turn right just a little bit, and then Cora sort of has to work to redeem her, and that would be kind of interesting thing because she started off as a foil, and Cora being like, you no know, you know the equals have some points to them like sure they're going about this wrong way but through Asami I think we can come to amends and then that would. Uh, deepen their relationship, deepen their bond, and maybe set some stuff up for their future relationship. I think that could be a pretty fun "what if" episode at some point. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But oh, I yeah. gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm glad they didn't do it because I don't like romantic drama ever at all in the slightest. So I'm glad that wasn't like, I'm glad that wasn't part of it here. I like the direction they went, but I, I would still make a very exciting "what if" episode at some point. Uh, so what's happening? Oh, um, the General Iroh. Is, oh, they're hanging out at Gomu's hideout. The I think it's bum, is it Gomu or Gomu? I have no idea. And you're you're not wrong. The General Iroh is, is there. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's um, down there with them, and they're kind of plotting their next move or trying to get a hold of the other 
uh, the remaining well, fleet or first. the next fleet. At first, yeah, at first he was on the on the ships, and then it's a um, it was a trap, and and uh, Hiroshi a has invented Hiroshi has invented like airplanes, and I love this scene where um, the airplanes are all just like the way it's shot is really interesting because it's, it's shot kind of like an old 1920s film or something, right? Like it's fuzzy, it's moving gonna, around. I was going to liken it to like a 40s in. war film or like, a, 40s, you know, like 50s or 60s, yeah. but about World War Two or something like it has that kind of vibe yeah. to it. And it it, it gave me the vibe of like Pearl Harbor, um, stuff like that. Uh, but no, that was really. Well, it's really cool to see the Avatar universe come even more into our world. It makes perfect sense, um, especially with Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi Sato, everything. I uh, the, when you say that, I just I just watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian like ten minutes ago. I just finished it up, and it I makes me think of it. how everybody comments on that being shot like a like a spaghetti western kind of. And that's uh, get the same vibe from this being like the war films that your grandpa used to watch in black and white uh, in the early going, not so much past the end, but it's just, I don't know, something you don't see in a, in a cartoon very often. Not, not to that level of detail, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting choice. Um, which then we get to see Cora go against some ships. And honestly, this one, the best displays of water bending. I mean, she water bends, herself spout up like the size of these ships and then she water bends ice up all the way no one has done as much amazing water bending i think um as cora has shown her her ability even i'm just talking about physical uh skills here like, like we can measure these things like we can measure how long her spout is like that was longer than ang spout went to the avatar state the first time um, and then she's still able to bend really well. And then the plane crashed at the base of her spout, which made her crash down. They do a good job of, cool. of sort of displaying or animating like kind of raw power in the same way that I sort of imagine when I read the uh, Kyoshi novels, um, obviously mm. with Earthbending. But I get like, and it this probably kind of inspired some of that mental imagery, but um, they do a really good job of visualizing just kind of raw power and water bending form in a way that, you know, Katara and Aang never quite scratched to that extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then um, General Iroh's... Oh, I, don't, I love seeing his firebending. He, uh, like, he was taking out, uh, you know, airplanes with, with just his bending. Like, you know, like, so they had those, like, firebending cannons that he was using, and then at one point he was, he was just using his straight-up-on firebending, which is really cool. It was kind of cool to hear uh, Dante Bosco again. I kind of honestly, I probably would have given a different voice to General Iro the second. I was leaning but. the same way. I don't love that it's the you know. I don't love that it is Dante Bosco. I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to hear him, but yeah, go, go. I don't even know. You can't really get close to his voice, though. Maybe that's the issue. Is there's nothing that's like kind of Dante Bosco voice, but not quite. It's like you're either Dante Bosco or. <laughs> Or you're not, so I'd, well, whatever. It was nice to hear his voice. Um, okay, so then they uh, craft a plan. They go back to 
Gomo's hideout or whatever, craft a plan that Korra and Mako are going to go undercover. And this is where Mako and Asami break up. It's a pretty, you know, uh, decent breakup. They're like, hey, I'm sorry things didn't work out. So-and-so, la-di-da-di. Um, oh, I would say <laughs> Mako and Korra shared a moment like before this, like sleeping on Naga, which Mako was in the wrong there. Like he tried to kiss Korra and Korra was like, eh. It was, that was weird for me. It was like, why don't you chill, kid? Yeah. Take yeah. care of business like, first. <laughs> like, put, put this in, keep it in your pants, guys. You damn, you damn kids. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then they infiltrate the hideout and uh, they go up to the attic and they find Tarlock just uh, in the attic, locked up. And then Tarlock gives, he tells Korra, like, Amon kept me because I'm his brother. And that was a shocker. Um, and like, it, I, I try, to, try to remember, like, how I felt the first time I watched it. Because there were so many theories about Amon. And, uh, and this was not one of them. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Yeah, which, this, I would never have guessed it in a million years. Yeah, which... Yeah, so sometimes when, when there's a twist, which this isn't even like a big twist, sometimes when there's a twist, I feel like writers either go one or two ways. Oftentimes, they either do what's expected or like Game of Thrones, do what's completely not expected. <laughs> and I feel like Game of Thrones did that because they wanted to be like, nobody saw this coming type of deal. Um, but I feel like the Avatar writers didn't go completely um, unexpected because anyone's theories had holes in them. <laughs> anyone's theories about Amon, and so you could have went any, anywhere. Like, if I if I had a theory about Game of Thrones that, oh, Jon Snow's going to end up on Iron Throne, there's no holes in that theory. It, it's, um, it's a valid it's a valid prediction, but Game of Thrones is like, no, we don't want any valid predictions. <laughs> And so when it comes to this uh, twist here, you know, everyone's predictions or theories about Amon, I don't think the writers were uh, trying to do anything too out of, the, out of nowhere. They just had a villain, and, and they said exactly why he could do what he's doing. And so it, it made sense. I would, um, I would say... Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'll finish here. I don't want to interrupt your thought. No, go ahead, because I'm about to go to a different thought. I, the I would say it's a, the only even minor issue. I'm I'm overwhelmingly positive on where they took this and how it works, and I think it's a good explanation and it's very well thought out in advance. I love it. Uh, I just my only minor complaint is that I've never cared for when, uh, like in this case, I would have wanted to be introduced to the villain at some point and just not not know it. Like I don't like that the villain. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like it's almost it's kind of convenient, I guess, that they can sort of craft whatever backstory for him at this point, and we don't have to have been accountable for having met or seen him in any other circumstance other than Amon, who is suddenly this person we find out that we've never met before or anything. I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense, but I tend to prefer it if if the villain, if we had actually kind of met the real villain uh, at mm-hmm. any other point in the story, uh, where no, you I know they. But again, I can't. That we're talking really, really minor stuff, and I think they tied it all together really nicely. 
as far as twist, uh, sort of not not even huge twist, but yeah, just good twists or a nice place to find a villain and explain everything and wrap it all up. It it's excellent in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so um, Charlotte just lays everything out for him. You know, earlier today I was watching it and at first I was thinking that him telling his flashback was a little uh, felt very expositiony. Um, so we've gotten flashbacks before and in this season I thought they were done really well because it's just core seeing the flashbacks. Um, and I started thinking about like, well, I don't know how you would do this flashback any any different besides him just narrating it. Like you, you would have had to, in order to not to do that, you would have had to like focus on this one story for like at least two episodes. Um, so that was a little bit of a nitpick, but then I went back on it and said it was fine. <laughs> I wish I wish he would have trimmed it up just a hair. Um, I think there's a few things that potentially could have been cut out, but maybe it just kind of balancing how much time they had to fill and uh, build up max dramatic tension. I feel like it could have been trimmed a smidge, but again, pretty minor. Pretty one minor thing I would thought. have. One thing I would have liked. I would have liked more of of um, Amon's character to have more of his basis and and or more of his beliefs intact when he leaves his father. Um, right, let me let me backtrack and I'll get to it. So we learn that um, that Amon is is Noatok, the brother of Turlog and the son of uh, Yakon. Yeah, Yakon got away, got plastic surgery, went to the Southern Water Tribe, which again, Ang <laughs> Ang put band aids on things, didn't kill Yakon. We could have, and this led to. Uh, led to Amon and it led to Tarlock. Because Aang knew this season needed a villain. Thanks, Aang. We <laughs> appreciate it. You're thinking ahead. He's thinking about the um, franchise, you know. He's not just thinking about this season. He's thinking about the franchise as a whole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and so he goes to the Southern Water Tribe and finds a woman, uh, has two kids and they're waterbenders and, and he saw them, he saw their bending as a chance for revenge as a vehicle for, for his own power. Now I would have liked, and, and they show that no talk was really gifted. Um, and, and they both boys learned blood bending through water bending, everything in no talk was really, really gifted could do the psychic blood bending and everything. I would have liked if, so when no talk goes against his father and rebels against him, he says like, you think, Blood bending is so great. Like it's not the most powerful bending. Like it's not, it's not the most powerful thing the Avatar is. Like he took your bending away. What's more powerful than that? I would have liked something different. I would have liked him to say like, "You think bending is so great, or you, you think blood bending is so great? You think bending is so great, but you're only using it as a vehicle of of power. Like it's not great. Like you think bending is such a big deal, but the Avatar didn't even bend the elements to." To defeat you, so that would have planted in him that bending is is terrible because his father used bending, used what what he what he should have been, and when he learned water bending, he should have it should have been beautiful for him. But the fact that he was a bender made his life horrible. I think you would have um, put more of that into Amon's um, psyche and more into his motives. That would have. That would have fleshed out the character 
And I would have, you know, it would have taken Flashback Amon and current Amon. It would have aligned them. It would have connected them a lot more. But right here, you're kind of like, well, how did he go from being a prodigy bender to being like against bending? And yeah, sure. Tarlock says like, oh, he was always, you know, talking about what's equal and everything. But I think this would have taken a step further. Would have just still great, it up. still great story. What a, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a kind of minor deal in the grand scheme, but it would have kind of hooked all the cogs together a little better. I like what you did there. It it, it works as a as a nice enough motivation, uh, regardless. I'd be interested to hear, you know, all those in between years. How did he get from, how did mm -hmm. he get from that kid to, to the Amon that was maybe not in like an episode form or anything as much as you know a, a comic or a short story of some type. Fan oh, fiction yeah. people, help me out there. Uh, other Avatar news. I forgot. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt what we're talking about. A Suki comic book is coming out. I'm excited about that. Oh, nice. So it's sort of, they're talking about, it's sort of like they're doing like a girl trilogy because they have the Katara one. They have a Toph one, which I'm not excited for. I was, I'm not excited for either one of those. Uh, and they have a Suki one. I'm excited for the Suki one because on the cover, it's Suki and then it's like Kyoshi sort of like behind her. Not, it was like a vision of Kyoshi behind her. So, if I get to learn a little bit more about Kyoshi, then uh, then I'll. You know, if I'll we send it. them our, our bracket, maybe they'll cite us as a source. Like uh, these official yeah. people said that she's the best non-bender. Um, it's but it's it, here. The science is all there. No, I saw that uh, from one of our fellow Avatar podcast folks. The Avatar Hour podcast, I believe, is what it is. Does that yeah. sound right? Avatar Hour podcast. Thanks for calling that out. I appreciate. It. That's why I learned it. They beat you to it, Chris. They told me first. But um, I, I mean, I'm always game for more Toph stuff. So I was excited to see Toph for sure and Suki. Um, always interested to read more about Suki and Kyoshi. But I was definitely stoked to see some see some Toph in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so back to the <laughs> back to the, uh, the episode. So Tarlock is telling Korra and and Mako the story. Um, the story ends with. With Tarlock leaving, and then uh, and Notok just ends up, not Notok, Yakon just ends up dying of old age, which I find pretty pathetic. Yeah, it's a pathetic ending. But I think Avatar sort of has a trend of like power hungry, powerful men ending a pathetic life. Like, you think about Katara's mother, killer, he ended up being a shell of himself. Um, living a pathetic life. Ozai had his Benny taken away, living a pathetic life. Um, and now you have Jacone. Like, there's no... Maybe there's no... There's no redemption for them, right? Like, even we see, like, but, in the future, we see... You know, there's, uh, there's no redemption, but there's also, like... There's no redemption, there's no martyrdom. Uh, you know, they're alive. They have, you know, some mm -hmm. opportunity to create some redemption, and they don't. So, in a and that almost makes it. Oh, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I think you're getting there. Is that that yeah. almost makes it not more satisfying necessarily to us as as like bloodthirsty viewers, uh, but more satisfying like punishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, just rot and end your miserable life alone because you suck. I'm sure that's not what Aang was thinking when he did these things, but yeah, which is an interesting thing. I think about the death penalty. Like I'm solely against the death penalty because it doesn't allow a person to, well, for many, many reasons. One thing, 
plenty of people have been killed who have been later found out to be innocent. Um, also, like, also money-wise, it's it's uh, it's more it costs way more. It costs way more to yes. It's <laughs> it's more. it's tough to wrap my mind around, but it is significantly more expensive. Yeah, um, I'm um, in the same boat. I tend to think that I would prefer some opportunity for for rehabilitation. Uh, you exactly. know, I know our rehabilitation uh, system is not that great <laughs> either, but it it beats the death sentence in my opinion. But yeah, oh. death penalty uh, more expensive and... than life in prison. Uh, well, studied yeah, I've done... fact. Yeah, I've done some reports on that in college about it. Um, and some people are like, well, and one of the things and why it costs so much is because court trials and stuff and you know, appeals and stuff like that. And some people are just like, well, just do away with those. And I'm like, well, wait, you don't want to do away with those? Can we not do away with those? Can we not do away with the saving grace to all this? Yeah. I was going to make a joke. Uh, it's probably uncouth, but a joke about them always ordering the most expensive meal for their last meal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Josh, uh, Tosh 2.0 had a, or what is his name? Daniel Tosh had a joke. He was like, death penalty? Come on. We, sh- we should definitely still have the death penalty. I mean, and and the the case against it is that, oh, we might accidentally kill an innocent person. Remember when we accidentally killed a person? It was 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus Christ. And see how that turned out? <laughs> Huh? Am I right, Christians? Am I right? <laughs> I know I'm right. I read the Bible. Sure, it was a Cliff Notes version, but I read it. It said <laughs> he died for version. my sins so I can do terrible things and get in free. <laughs> that does. Like, if Cliff Notes had a version of the Bible, I think I think he hit the nail on the Cliff Notes head right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uncouth, but untrue? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> anyway, that's weird. My I feel point... like it's the second conversation I've had about the death penalty in like the last three weeks, which is, you know, not, uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a surprise, but anyway, good, good conversation. Always be thinking about the, uh, moral and ethical circumstances <laughs> that surround your life. That's good mental exercise. Yeah. Um, anyway, story ends in a pretty sad manner and even court sells them like, that's probably the saddest story I ever heard. And Tarlock seems to be very remor- remorseful, which is interesting because he's a he's different from his father in this, and like he's trying to make somewhat of amends for it. And it's interesting at the end of this, he says, he says like, make this right, put an end to this terrible story. And as we learn, you know, later on, Amon uh, Tarlock was very serious and 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 uh, sincere about putting an end to this sad story uh can you remind me where this episode cuts off do they i th- I feel like they yell the truth at him and we get that in this episode before nah. it cuts off and nobody believes him or is that the next episode nope. uh, it ends right at the flashback right after he says go put it into this sad story yep okay got it got it I've, I've i've watched them all three or four times now these last few episodes and we've spread it out over a few weeks but I never yeah. pay attention to, because unlike yeah, that. Hulu, uh, Hulu take notes. It streams pretty seamlessly into the next episode, uh, and never starts me back over at the beginning of the episode that I literally just finished. Hulu, unbelievable how that place has succeeded at all. Let's get to some ratings before I get madder 
thinking that I pay actual money for Hulu. Chris, go first. Uh, I owe visual a nine because everything was pretty great auto-visually <laughs> from the plane attacks to course waterbending uh, flashbacks was good oh yeah another thing I wanted to mention with the flashbacks random thing they have wolves and I'm pretty sure those are just buffaloes just like yeah just regular non I didn't think about it till now but now you're saying they're, they're just regular old wolves yeah weird well, I don't know what's up with that weird, weird no one yeah kind of lazy um, on the writer's part don't you think <laughs> come on guys they could have been i mean what i guess if i was concocting a wolf-like creature in the southern and the south pole it would be like maybe a polar wolf pink polar wolf? bear wolf a pink wolf I mean, that's much like a, that's much like a polar bear dog Ooh, pink and wolf yeah i don't know what that looks like but it sounds hilarious it sounds not dangerous enough maybe that's the issue what's another dangerous freezing creature walrus wolf Ooh, a wolfress. <laughs> wolfress. We're just inventing Pokemon now. That's all we're doing. Wolfress. That's definitely a Pokemon. I like Wolfress. Although do. they always name their animals. I feel like Avatar's sort of lazy. They just put the names together. They don't try to like make a new animal name. Okay. So Wolfress sounds like it could be hilarious, but what if you take away most of the other walrus things and just take a wolf and then just give him huge fangs? And then yeah. your wolfress becomes horrifying. I actually kind of like where this is going. He I'll also give has him a mustache. huge fangs in the tail. And the tail, a masky, like a massive yes. muscular tail. This is a horrifying thing of nightmares. <laughs> Come on, developers, share our ideas. We know you listen to our <laughs> podcast. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Story nine. Um. Even though I think it could have improved on the one aspect I talked about, still a really great story. I still really like seeing a lot about more about Amon. Um, and memorable and eight and a half. I feel like this is where I've been. <laughs> I feel like dying nine eight and a half is what I've been rating most of these last couple episodes. Um, because it's, I mean, they've been they've been great. And uh, yeah, so that gives me out to a nine. Rounds up nicely. I was very similar. I did eight and a half on the audio visual. Um, I actually docked for the flashback because there was nothing special about it. And dragged. it's funny how we think a little bit different differently. I docked for the flashback, but I gave a lot to the story because it provided Ooh, yeah. uh, sort of the foundation for the entire series. Like so many loose ends were tied up here. So I actually gave more to the story and docked the audio visual because I was like bored watching, not bored, mm. but relatively speaking it drugged just a bit uh but i was like but you need all this so i kind of flip-flopped how i thought about it i guess memorable nine uh as you might be able to tell i kind of have issues telling where this one begins or ends i don't always remember the the beginning stuff but i do always remember or i do remember it distinctly i say always distinctly remember tarlac's story and just how much you know it might drag on but we're still talking about what seven or eight minutes that wrap up you know, the, the the foundation of the entire series. And that sticks. So, 9.1, which brings us to a nice 9.0 average and an excellent episode. Yes. Yeah, I love I love that scene there. It's funny. He has, like, almost the same hairstyle as Korra. It's really uh, uh, interesting to draw those like parallels. A nice nod. Yeah. 
like that's how, like if if Cora was a man, he she would look he would look like that. Uh, yeah, I I can see that the eyes, the way the eyes is a piercing. If like you uh, think of piercing blue, you, I always feel like uh like uh what's his name that was 007 uh with the uh, artificially enhanced blue eyes. What was his name? Daniel something. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. And he had like the artificially enhanced blue eyes, and I don't remember I if that's one movie or whatever. I'm actually I'm not the biggest Devil Seven fan, but like Casino Royale is a great film. What's that? Casino Royale, his first Devil Seven, great film. I'm sure I saw it. Uh, I can picture him getting poisoned at a poker table or something. Yeah, and that's all I remember. That's that's all I have. Uh, it's gonna score very low on the memorable scale for me, but uh, no, just to animate with you know flat colors. But to still get a piercing blue eye effect, that's kind of cool. Hey, that's all we've got to say about Skeletons in the Closet, which is about as exciting of a penultimate season episode as as you could probably find for a not-two-parter. But it is worth noting that these did air back-to-back. I checked that out the other day, and this one and the next one did air back-to-back. I think it's right to review them separately, though. They don't feel like a... They don't feel like a to-be-continued situation. So I think we made the right choice. That's all I got. This is Avatar The Last Podcasters. That's Chris. I'm Sean. You follow us on Instagram and Twitter at last underscore podcasters. Or better yet, you probably get more content in general if you just follow Chris on Twitter at objective underscore geek. That's probably where the majority of our social activity takes place anyways. But we also have Facebook, facebook.com slash last underscore podcasters i think (laughs) and it's all in the description go read it down there thanks for listening we will continue to put something out as much as we can every week throughout the crazy holiday and chris moving season and on that note we will talk to you next week we'll see you later